You're listening to the AID Network. Hello, friend. Welcome to the first ever episode of Comment Below to Live on its own feed. Comment Below has been a part of the Adventures in Design podcast, which is a part of the AID Network for the last year. But we've decided to take our little baby bird and send it out to fly on its own. And what that means to you is each and every Monday here, you can find a new episode of Comment Below where we look at YouTube, TV, and film all through the lens of the creative perspective. Sure, we're fans of entertainment, but we're also makers, creators, designers, and illustrators. So we look at all the different things in the entertainment industry from the creative's perspective, both what we see on screen and behind the scenes, looking at entertainment and the entertainment industry. Normally, we save the second part of our show for members of the Circle of Trust at the AID.network. Feel free to sign up if you want to support the show. But to kick off our new feed, we're giving you the entire episode. So enjoy our top 18 of 2018. Thank you for listening to comment below. Thank you for subscribing. Thank you for giving it as many stars as possible. And thank you most of all for telling a friend. Listen up, party people. That's right. If your client or yourself, you have an event coming up, take all of your event planning design, bring it over to our friends over at jackprince.com. If you need laminates and VIP passes, 250 start as low as $192. If you need full color posters to promote the event, show everybody that you're going to have a great time and show off your design skills, 250 full color posters as low as 194 bucks. And if you need a full color vinyl banner, once you get to the party, you need to give your sponsors a shout out or let people know where to go to get their laminates and VIP passes. Oh, it's all coming together. Get four foot by two foot banners as low as 50 bucks. All three of these items are under $200 and a great way for you to round out your promotional printing and planning for you or for your client. Get these deals and even more by going to jackprince.com slash circle of trust when you're ready to design that next party or promotion. Jackprince.com slash circle of trust. Spend less so you can make more. morning all the way over from the snicket he is a father uh he is a mediocre husband uh he is also a designer and a printmaker he hasn't had a real job in several years ladies and gentlemen sean david mort how are you sir i'm good i like the labels it's good mediocre husband i don't know i'd, I'd say mediocre father i could switch those two around <laughs> but no i feel like i'm quite a good husband but i you know maybe not but that's for Ruth to say maybe we should get her on and see what she says how are you i am great and joining us for the first time ever we've done this show two different ways last year where we looked each week at the world of entertainment through the perspective of the creative uh, uh the through the perspective of design and through the perspective perspective of being a content creator uh we did it two different ways it was either sean and i or it was connie and i but today we're all together the super friends have gathered to give you the best of 2008 let me introduce her uh she is a legendary designer printmaker she is a part of the revolution of the the rock 
poster design movement uh, of the second generation of that. She's very, very old school when it comes to that scene. I believe that her former company, Print Mafia, deserves a spot in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame because there's not a more rock and roll company that ever existed. But she has migrated over to celebrating her diversity. She is a gold star lesbian, ladies and gentlemen, and she has created Butch and Sissy, which caters to the LBGTQ community. I'll let you know her real name. Everybody knows her as Connie Collinsworth. Her full name is Dixie Connie Collinsworth. That's right. Not many people know her first name is Dixie. Dixie, welcome to the show. Oh, it's good to be back. Um, I got to correct you, though, on something that's probably going to break your heart. Yeah. I'm not a gold star. Yes, you are. Yeah, I always I might be, you were- in your mind, I might be, but I am not. Shh. I did have those those aimless teenage years where, you know, you're up for whatever. <laughs> So you're before I found star. the light, you're a gold star, and I want to believe it in my heart. So many people right now are googling, "What is gold star?" <laughs> Dixie I've probably gold done star. enough gold star activities to erase my non-gold star status, mm. so maybe I'll go with that. I always thought you were what? a gold star. Damn it! Damn it! While we're going with the corrections as well, you said we're fi- we're we're doing the tops our top media of 2008. Is that Team. right? Because I'm going to have to do some Googling if, if it's 2008 because I don't remember that far back. I I mean, I couldn't tell you what happened. Season two of Mad Men, it was great. It was great. <laughs> it's the bad interconnection. I said 18 and you just didn't ah, hear the teen. It didn't make go. it all the way over to the snicket. I'm all sorry, right. man. I'll I'll do better. Here's what, Yeah, yeah, I've heard that before. Here's what we're going to do today. <laughs> Each of us have picked six pieces of media that we consumed in the year. And we're going to go around. We're going to pick our, our our number six. We're each going to go around, take a turn, saying what our number six is. And then our special council of reviewers, we're going to vote to figure out the order of those three so that we can give you the definitive list of the top 18 things that we saw in 2018. I'm just going to jump in here for one second. Um, some of us picked a top six, but I think... I think somebody else might have picked a few more. I, I don't know for definite, <laughs> but I know that I've got six. I, I, you know, I don't want to. I don't want to call anybody out. You know, someone's a uh, a gold star, top fifteen list maker <laughs> by the sound of it. I love lists. I got to making this list, and I said, you know what? I'm just going to go in there my first time, establish my dominance, and say that I'm going to give you six. But I've got an honorable mentions list that is going to get mentioned. All right, we'll we'll, we'll work oh. that in, Connie. I remember you said <laughs> top ten. That's going to be hard. But then when we got to the top six, you said that was even harder because of paring it down. Yeah, my top three never wavered. So I know that I'm solid in my top three. But four, four, five, and six, some things from my honorable mentions were up there. And then uh, one show finished this past weekend, and it it knocked itself right out of number one position Mm. with its last two weeks. Mm. Wow, I would say there are some, my four, five, five, and six. There are some things that I actively dislike in them. So that tells you everything that you need to know about my my top six guys. So, um, hmm, good times. Well, let's do this. Let's start with Connie, uh, and let her give us our right now. What we're battling for is eighteen, seventeen, and sixteen. So these three things that we throw out on the table get put into that order. Connie, what do you have for us? I have a show that I doubt either one of you have watched, um, but it made almost every top 20, top 25 list this year, uh, Killing Eve. I have not watched I it. I saw that. Oh, Sean, you watched it? I saw it. Good. Yeah, I did. <laughs> it's so good. <laughs> it's a British-made show, so that, that figures you're over there with that. Um, you know. Yeah. I was in it. 
It is um, (laughs) the first show that Sandra Oh made after her long Grey's Anatomy stint. And uh, it has another actress named Jamie Comer, who is amazing. It's basically a two-person focused uh, cat and mouse um, government agent searching for a female assassin serial killer. Ah, yes. There we go. What platform is that watched on in the States, Connie? It's on Hulu now. Hulu, okay. Okay. Yeah. It was BBC America, and so that's why not a lot of people saw it, but I think now that it's on Hulu it's and it's been on all the lists, it's going to get a lot more love. Absolutely. Awesome. Awesome. Uh, Sean? Yeah, they've got a season two coming as well, so it's yes. it's worth watching. I, I felt like it tailed off at the end. It's worthy of a number six for sure, but yeah, I fully back that number number 18. That's that's a good one, Connie. Great okay. work. Sean, what do you have for us uh, for the, 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 the bottom of your list? Okay. Um, I have a comedy special um, that's on Netflix by a British guy called James Acaster. Um, It's four specials in one, and they kind of tells three different stories and then ties them all up in the end with a fourth special. And um, he's just very different at what he does. You know, you're used to seeing a comedy special where it's just like an American guy just either running around going, oh, you know what I hate about this? Or, you know what I like? My mother-in-law. You know, all the Americans, they all do that. You know, it's all the same shit. Um, Well, this is a little bit different. He's like a kind of an uncomfortable British guy, as you can probably imagine, because you're looking at one right Right. now. Um, And he's just... He's, he does things differently. I, I would say he's a genius. It doesn't all fully tie together at the end. Like, you know, I could have probably done without it. But the first three specials, where he's just telling these kind of weird offbeat stories, are just so good. What's his name and again? It's just so different. It's called James Acaster. It's just so different because nobody, you know, it's very hard to get a comedy special um, commissioned. So, and for some reason they said, here, have four wow. in one go. Wow. And that that takes some guts and yeah I don't know whether he's fully deserving of the whole thing because like I say the ending was not bad but apparently it was um, his last four years of of touring he just like he put them all together and and kind of tied them all together but it was it's well worth a watch anyway well what that's my number six what I have for my number six uh, is so many times we're we're promised something and it doesn't live up to the promise. And this was one of those things that absolutely lived up to the promise. It was a really, really fun couple of hours. I put at my number six Avengers affinity war. Um, just because mm-hmm. I, it just, to me, how many times has there been this thing where people promise you, Oh, it's going to be a big deal and you go to it and it falls flat. And for a show like that or a film like that, that has that audience, that has a loose trigger finger, right? Everybody is ready just to destroy things. It got a pass. Like it, they really passed the test and it goes to show what a, what a marvelous thing the Marvel universe is that they're able to put something together at that scale and please as many people as they did. So I put the uh, Avengers Affinity War at the bottom of my list. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, it's it's great. They they swung for the hills and, and they absolutely got everything that they wanted to do. It feels as though a lot of people say that they're kind of on autopilot and they just... But it, if that's what autopilot is, then I wish everything else was on autopilot because it just... It seems as though they're just making hit after hit now and it just makes me super excited to see more. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I kind of broke my list down into... I, I chose a different discipline for everything so i've only got one movie awesome. so i did a that's similar the reason thing. why that isn't in mine yeah okay that's I, good glad I to did hear a similar it. thing all right so let's do well, this connie did you well, see the affinity war no because i didn't 
um i'm so far behind on all of that cinematic universe stuff like i'm way 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 back and i don't know when i'll find time to catch up but apparently i missed the memo on that this wasn't just tv shows so i've got six tv shows <laughs> oh well so that's all right Good. i have 15 if we you know if we, <laughs> so okay 15 tv <laughs> shows Although i doubt that i could found a movie to put in this year this is a shit year of movies I don't even know why they're going to have the Oscars. They should just not even have them this year. There isn't anything worth. It is going to be an interesting Oscar season. I'm very interested to see how that comes together because it was a it was a very odd year for those kind of films. There wasn't a lot of them. Uh, the ones that are getting picked are kind of odd picks. I couldn't disagree with you anymore. That it's been such a good year for movies. It's a good job you chose uh, 15 TV shows. I guess. Let's do this. All right, Sean. I need you to make a decision here. You're the only person that has seen all three of these picks so therefore you've got to put them in the order of 18 17 and 16 okay i would say that mine is number 18 right. i would say yeah i would say uh killing eve 17 and um and infinity war 16 there we go. Because, yeah, Killing Eve was great, but it, it did tail off a little bit at the end. I agree. Whereas Infinity War, just that certainly didn't tail off at the end. No, it, it, it kept going. All right, well, let me do this. Sean, do us the favor and give us your number five. Okay. I chose um, a YouTube channel for this, um, and it's something that we've talked about before. So, you know, people should hopefully be familiar with this by now. But um, it's Nando V Movies. Oh, okay. I yeah. Just, Great channel. I love his perspective. You know, I couldn't pick a specific um, thing that he talked about, like a show or, or movie, but I just think I love his entire like kind of way of looking at things. I just think it's such a smart little idea. For anybody who hasn't seen it, he just he picks apart pop culture and tries to improve them um in a way just like he, he chooses little details and tries to change them a little bit and just what he thinks would improve these movies and sometimes he chooses really good movies sometimes he chooses things that like a shit um but he just i just i just love that what he does and i can't get enough of it so i um yeah i chose i chose that as my number five what i love about the nando channel is the amount of intellect that the guy has and how he's able yeah. to take something that already exists like the movie's done and you could say it's a little bit of monday morning quarterback but really what he's able to do is say okay this is everything that's made here are the exit holes in what they created like here are the different like paths where they could have made a slightly different decision and what i always love about his resolution is is that it's based in in realism, you know, there's a lot of Disneyland fans that'll go, what they need to do is move Snow White over to Tomorrowland <laughs> and then take Star Tours and move that over to the other side of the park with the theaters. It's like, no, you don't move buildings, dummy. So you can't even listen to the person's opinion because it's not grounded in reality. But Nando really takes the template of the film, massages what they have. He doesn't create new characters or impossible outcomes. Yes. Like it's very much grounded in reality. I would be surprised if that channel doesn't get that guy some sort of a job. To me, it's like an amazing audition reel. Like I would 100% put him on the payroll as a consultant and say, watch our screeners, listen to our, our, our pilots or, or, or our script pitches. Tell us where you're, if you see a loophole in here, because the guy's really good at making things much better. Like what he did on iron giant, it, like iron giant to me has always been a eh, film. His concept on that makes it so much better. 
Yeah, he's he's just great. I think I, I agree with what you say. I think that um, a lot of people on YouTube is especially bad for this. A lot of people, um, they bring the personal politics into things and, you know, straight away, even if you're even if I'm on the same side as you, I'm not going to be on your side. I don't want to hear an essay about how, uh, you know, this isn't good because it speaks to this or whatever. I What he does is he just he, he plays with the world and he just, he speaks to my sensibility and he has just like a very popular um, kind of, he, 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 I, I, I'm struggling to, to think of the word, but anyway, he just, it's really, I don't know, he, he just has a really mainstream sensibility and I think that he should stick to that and uh, yeah, I just, I just love it. Every time he comes out with a video, I get super excited and I just, yeah, I, I burn it up and I've spent a lot of time on YouTube this year and this was by far and away the one I get the most excited about. It was a YouTube year for me as well. Uh, I'm next here. What I'm putting at number five is The Deuce season two. And, and when it started for me, I was like, oh, I don't know. But then I remembered that David Simon TV, and I've watched every project the guy's ever put out, David Simon TV isn't about the story. It isn't about the final destination. It isn't even about the journey. It's about the people. And what I do with all of his stuff is I wait till we had one episode left so that I could just get up each day and watch one episode of The Deuce. Um, and I miscalculated that. I didn't know how many episodes were in it. So I actually had to wait, I think, a week for the last one. And there's a thing about David Simon's stuff. When you watch The Deuce, you, you fall in love with all the characters you fall in love with them as people. You don't even care about their stories. It's like hanging out with friends. And on that week, when I didn't have a next episode to watch, I literally kept thinking about them going, oh, I wonder how this is going to work. You know, it, it's like there's just a way that he crafts a character that is above and beyond anyone else. And this, if you're a fan of The Wire, this is the closest he's gotten back to the storytelling, the tone, uh, the character development. This is the closest he's gotten back to that same vibe that The Wire has. And I will go down saying The Wire is the best piece of media I've ever consumed. So to get back to there is pretty great. The Deuce will return in 2019 for its final season. I cannot wait for it to come back. Okay. Have you seen that, Connie? That's my number five. I agree with everything that you said Um, I did the same thing with this season that I did with the first one I came in on it late because I was afraid it was going to be cancelled on the first season and you had told me Mark that it was approved so I watched it and marathoned it so I did the same thing with this I I started the first episode and then I said no I want to watch these back to back because I'm going to be jonesing for it every week if I don't and it did not fail me it was the exact same feeling I had with the first season um, it just keeps rolling and keeps rolling and it is about the characters. I get very attached to some of the people in this show and I'm going to be really sad to see it go. I like that it's three seasons and planned so that we don't just get canceled or dropped or they try to stretch it out too long. I like that it's going to have hopefully a planned ending and um, that's my number five. You know, there's a character in it that, or an actor in it, I should say, forgive me for not knowing his name. It's Jabinga Akinlinge. I mean, I don't, I don't know how to say that, but he was Chris Partlow in The Wire, and he plays Larry Brown on the uh, on the Deuce, and I think that you know David Simon gets a lot of um, uh, theater actors, you know, like Broadway actors, uh, 
and puts them into his TV shows. And this guy, man, when he was Chris Partlow in The Wire, I fell in love with him. And him as Larry Brown in The Deuce, he's a guy who's gone from uh, a pimp to being in the porn industry. And this guy, man, like when he acts, it, I just I feel it so hard. And uh, another magical thing that they've done on this show is that they have showed you the beautiful Maggie Gyllenhaal nude so many times that you no longer care to see her naked, which really gets you in the mindset of porn isn't about sex. It's a business like any other business. Season two, they had a little bit more tie in with the mob and organized crime, which is something I'm obsessed with. So um it, it really did me in a good spot. The the other thing they did with the deuce yeah. is um is you know, it's about a particular time in the porn industry, but they've really come around now in their production to our times. They're the first show to hire an intimacy coordinator mm. to make sure that all of the actors and actresses are comfortable with what's going on and all of that sex on the show. I thought that was interesting. And huh. well, that's just because James Franco's on it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's the way to cover that up. Yeah. We're like, we yeah. we gotta watch Franco. <laughs> Yeah, and he yeah. plays two characters, so they couldn't just get rid of him because it had been a, a massive hole in the, the show. Um, so that means they have to get two intimacy, intimacy uh, counselors. <laughs> <laughs> Connie, can you do us a favor? Because we need to have 18 for 2018. Can you pull one off the bench? Oh, I sure can. Um, let's see. From my honorable mentions, this is one that was vying for number one, and the it made a misstep in its... Next to last episode, Escape at Danamora. Oh, I just started it last night with Beth, and I love Patricia Arquette. I love Alabama Whirly. I just started it, so careful how you give me this data. I, I will be very careful. I will tell you that Patricia Arquette is the performance of the year, male or female, in any show. Um, ben Stiller directed this, and he should maybe stop being in front of the camera and start staying behind, just like Ben Affleck should. Yeah. Um, well, he's such a great I, Batman. <laughs> okay, I don't want to go there. <laughs> <laughs> the um, the thing about this is, you know, I, I grew up starting to watch television in the seventies, and you had those gritty crime dramas. You had also movies like. Um, I don't know if you guys know this movie or not, but Brubaker no, with I don't Robert know Redford. That. Oh my goodness. Any of those gritty, very cinematic looking 70s movies, you're watching one of them with this show. It. I feel like I'm in a slow burn crime drama. The acting is great. I don't really usually care for Benicio Del Toro, but he's great in this. I love Paul Dano. What a great head of hair Benicio Del Toro has. I mean, what a fucking great head of hair. It's like he's never lost a hair in his life. I know. And, and like I, I always joke with my friend Mike Hammer that his hairline's going down towards his eyes instead of going the wrong way. Like Benicio Del Toro's hair in that in the, in the first episode, I'm like, God, I've always wanted that pompadour. That's the hair that I always wanted. Yeah, everyone's great in it. Uh, Patricia Arquette getting into the character of the woman who, because this is based on a true story, of uh, the woman who had sex with and supplied uh, two inmates with the materials to escape a prison. Yeah. Um, I don't, man, she, she's a champ. She put on the weight for the role. Um, it just really, it's like, feels like she stepped into the skin of this person with the way that she's, she's doing this. Can't stop watching her. And then there's the husband, Lyle. Did you met Lyle in episode one, correct? Yeah. Yeah. You see the husband, husband. who's, I mean, yeah. you, did you follow this in the news when it happened in 2015? Uh, yeah. I, yeah, I, yeah, a little I was bit. obsessed with it. And I knew there was going to be a show. 
Oh, yeah. Someone's, it, or a movie, something. It jumped right off the page. I mean, when you would watch the, the nightly news and they'd give you an update on this whole thing. And, you know, she lied for a while and then she kind of came clean. And you could tell she wasn't a bright woman. You could tell that her husband was even dumber than what she was. And just the whole thing, it just it felt like you were watching TV via the news. Well, I don't know if Patricia Arquette, I don't think she ever actually met or spoke to the woman, but she did a ton of studying on this because I looked up to see how she got this character. So I don't know if, if Tilly is bright or not so bright, but she seems like she might be, but just there's something wrong in there. You know, and that's what's the other thing is fascinating is it's a study of like people who have just like something is not clicked right up in their heads. Right. But that's my that's my one that could have been my top one. They made a misstep. With uh, I don't think this will ruin it for you, but they made a misstep in the way they handle flashbacks, mm. and it kind of killed my slowed the train down for me. Got it. But um, Got it. but other than that, I wish that everyone would watch this. She's up for a slew of awards. I think Del Toro is too. I I think the show is nominated, so I hope that it gets some more recognition. Disruptive storytelling. I I find it it makes things so interesting when the timeline is disrupted, and it 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 makes you pay more attention to things. But it can be a tool that can can be abusive and be too disruptive, uh, much like I'm I really hate dream sequences. I think when you introduce a dream sequence into something, then anything at any moment you have to say, but oh, what if he's dreaming right now? And that's why The Sopranos was number two for me and my all time favorites, because you never knew if Tony was walking through a dream or not. Sean, I'm going to put you in an awkward situation here. Yes. Do you believe that Nando is worthy of the 15 slot or the 13 slot? Because have you watched these two, these two shows, Sean? So I, um, my internet um, <laughs> skipped out. So I don't really know what you're talking about. I can tell you the one that um, Connie was talking about. I have no idea what that Escape is. Escape from Denimora? I just had to. Yeah, I've just, I've just IMDB'd it and I'd, I've okay. never even okay. heard of it. So I'm super excited about that. So I'm the only person here that's seen all three of these. So I guess I get to vote, but I'm a little yes. impartial. So what I'm going to do is this. I'm going to say that Nando's great, but not at this level of production and, and this level of great. So I'm going to okay. I'm putting Nando at our 15 slot. And Connie, because you've seen these to completion, I'm going to need you to make the vote. Is it... The deuce at 14, or is it escape at 14, and who gets the 13 slot? Um, escape is at 14. Escape's at 14. Because like I, since it's an honorable mention, it can't go above a two-person pick for, for top six. All right. So there we go. We got the deuce at 13. I'm just letting you know, I've had like the two last picks so far. So like I've I've gone last both times. So I've gone like, you know, mine's the third best of each one. Uh, and I'm fine with that. When we get to the top, if if you guys bump me off the top, I'm I'm gonna fight you. I'm gonna I'm gonna fly over to the US. I might get stopped at TSA again, but I'm gonna I'm gonna make sure that I get over there and I'm gonna fight you for that number one spot because I I I feel like my my top is 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 very high. Certainly the top two. So here we go. Let's do this. All right. Well, it's my turn to go first. We are right now yeah. debating on our 12, 11, and 10 slots. What I have next yeah. on my list is this. Um, last pick, I talked about the wire and when I was watching the wire, I realized that it was around season three, season four, when the kids get involved, I started to realize that I was involved in a very magical moment and it probably wouldn't happen 
often when when viewing something. Like I just got so obsessed with it and I loved it so much. I'm like, this is a magical moment. Slow down on consuming these and enjoy it because it's not going to happen again. Well, I started to fill one of those moments this year and it was a lot to do with my my discovery of YouTube was in a weird direction. I wanted to add more video content to adventures and design. So I got into doing vlogging. And when I got into podcasting, I, I always avoided other podcasts. But when I got into vlogging, people were like, oh, you should watch this. You should watch this. And the thing I was told that I should watch was Casey Neistat. And I know that Casey Neistat's vlog uh, started in 2015, but this was the year that I found it. And I went back to the beginning because I am a completist. And there's something magical about watching Casey Neistat's vlog where all of a sudden when it starts to click and you start to know him and his wife and his, his daughter Franny and his older son Owen from a different relationship and New York City is the backdrop and you start to watch this guy put his life together and then he goes out into the world and everybody's excited to see him. It's that excitement of people rooting for him that makes it magical. Now his, his vlog fell off a little bit this year. Um, and it, you know, with the second child and stuff, but I also found this year, I started watching PewDiePie Felix daily. And so that is a whole other thing where it's a guy in his bedroom. I think he lives in Bristol and he's, a uh, um, um, uh, he's a Swedish guy. And so it, to me, one thing that really won me over this year was the power of the YouTube creator and the, the top two guys for me is Casey Neistat. I went and saw him speak this year, which was fantastic. And Felix over at PewDiePie. So I know that's kind of a weird pick, but if I thought about the media that I really consumed and that I was really, really excited, I did a very hardcore Casey Neistat marathon. So hardcore where I was just sitting at home when Beth was out of town, maybe consuming 10, 15, 20 videos a day. And I would just watch one, watch another one. And I just got so into it. So this is something that I had to put on my list because it really became a big part of my watching. And, and I love watching Felix daily. It's really, really fun. His battle of T series has been entertaining to watch. And I learn a lot from the way that he runs his channel. Um, and I, and I use it as a thing to judge myself against because I'm in a very similar position. But the Casey Neistat vlog series, it really has a moment where it becomes bigger than him and it, and it gets to be very, very special. Yeah, that's, I mean, that that's kind of the problem with it for me is that, you know, you're judging something that's ongoing and it's not just that there are dips in quality. It's just that he, he kind of lost his way and he's never found his way again. No, he's, um, no. For me. So it's like saying, oh, you know, I watched this movie and the first half of it was amazing, but then the second half was maybe the worst thing I've ever seen. Um, and you wouldn't have that as your number 12 or your, your number your number four. So, But, you know, choosing all of the things together, I understand that and that makes perfect sense. You know, I, I chose one specific channel, so I'm not saying that I'm better than you. You know, that's for everybody else to judge. <laughs> you know, you, you just chose a bunch of different things as, as one, so that's totally fair well, it was enough. The combination, but, um, it was, I, I understand. It's the combination of falling in love <laughs> with the YouTube character and, 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 you know, it's a whole, it's not TV. And I think for a long time, people thought you go to YouTube to get big on TV. And this was the yeah. year that I realized that YouTube, content created for YouTube, it's not a film, it's not a TV show, it's not an Instagram video, it is its own category. And falling in love with these two creators was a big part of the media that I consumed in 18. Connie, do you have 
a love affair with YouTube like Sean and I do? I do, but my I stay over in, in the queer land of course, YouTube. Of course. Mostly. <laughs> I have that all have parental t- blocked on mine. I have tons of things that I watch over there, but they're not going to be anything that is mainstream enough to put on a list like this. Also, my thing with um, it's, it's a little bit like um, like there's so much out there. I feel like I can never tackle all the things that are great yeah. on YouTube. Yeah. And yep. now I don't know that I care too much about following any of the stuff you just mentioned, but the person that Sean mentioned who's breaking apart media and saying this is it could be this way. It could, you know, that whatever the uh who was that? James? No, wait. What was the one Nando. that you Nando, yeah. I yeah. would be interested in that because it falls in. So but I don't know that that I would find that on my own yeah. looking on there. Yeah. That's well that's the problem with YouTube is that, you know, there is so much good stuff, but the algorithm kind of screws you over. Like the amount of times that I start watching a video and it's just complete garbage and it's given people a voice that don't deserve it. And it's the same with all the social media and stuff. And it's the same with TV because, you know, ABC doesn't deserve a voice, but it gets one every single day and and stuff like that. So it is the same, but it's just, it's very frustrating and it still feels like early days of it. So it's just, you're kind of like, you know, I spend every night, like it's like porn. You spend all of your time just looking for that perfect. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, searching for the perfect video and it doesn't exist. And every now and again, you'll find something amazing. You're like, oh, I'll remember that. And that's great. But it's just, there is just so much garbage in there. And it's just, it's not even that it's garbage. There's just so much that isn't really worthy of, of, of those 10 minutes or those 15 minutes. And it just, it can be a very frustrating experience going down a YouTube hole. But there's also, when you find that good thing, it's it's so good. And like I say, just finding something like Nando versus movies, that's like watching a TV show for me. Like he's got a bunch of things, you know, in the back where I can just like keep going and keep going and I keep revisiting certain things. So yeah, I it's, it's great. And I understand why everybody falls in love with it now. You just gave me a, a great New Year's resolution. I'm going to try to get my search to stroke ratio better on on porn. Because sometimes I'm searching 10 minutes compared to for every minute that I'm stroking. You know what I mean? And I need to get yeah. I need to get that way more dialed in. I need to get that search to stroke ratio where it's, you know, uh, five minutes of searching. You know, it's only one minute of stroking in and out of the whole game in 10 minutes, because sometimes you just keep going and going and going. And Sean, you're so right. The perfect clip. It doesn't exist. You got to shoot it yourself. Time is precious. It is. Mark, you don't have your your go-to ones, though, that cut down on that search time? Well, what I have done is I have a a file in my notes that are, if I really like a video, I put it in there because I know that I can just go to it um, and I can can go fast. But I also like going to those and looking at the recommended titles. It's like, all right, if you're a sick bastard into this, then these are other videos for a sick bastard like you. (laughs) Sean, can you make magic to the same clip twice? Sean is frozen. All right. Let's move over to your pick then, Connie. What do you have next on your list? Number four for me is Sharp Objects from HBO. Oh, so started it as a wife watcher. It get the first episode is phenomenal, moves really, really quickly, but then they slow down the storytelling and I lost the wife along the way and I haven't gone back and finished it. I've been hung up at episode three or four for probably three or four months now. Is it worthy of going back and finishing? It's uh, worthy for me 
to recommend it to you. And I don't know that Beth, because she's pretty cut or dry. Yeah. Now, this was a wife watcher with me. And when I was going over this list with Stacy, she was like, why do you have sharp objects so low? She was like, that she goes it's not even my genre it's a little bit scary it's a little creepy it's a little slow she was like but i think it was brilliant yeah. so it's got an ending that i never ever have seen happen in a show and wasn't prepared for almost like a get up off the couch when you see it because oh, you wow. can't believe what's happening wow. so i like that this um uh, amy adams was great in it i love patricia clarkson as the mother it's got that southern sort of they're in arkansas or missouri or wherever southern slow hot summer feel to it yeah you can it it's very visual the music that runs through as the main character's soundtrack is interesting oh, to me how they've tied those, music yeah they've tied all that together um it's definite recommend for me for you to go back but don't bring beth with you because i don't think she'll she'll be into it and it's it, yeah, it's definitely like for somebody who's willing to sit and shut the world out and watch it. She just finally gave me custodial rights yesterday to the Jodie Foster show over on Prime. Um, the the home is that what, what is it called or the Jodie Foster or not Jodie Foster Julia Roberts. Yeah, okay. Because I was like, if Jodie Foster's got a show that I don't know about, <laughs> there's just something cosmically wrong in the world. You couldn't right get now. to Google fast enough. I saw that look in your eye. You're like, well, like Jodie Foster has a TV show. <laughs> um, homecoming, homecoming, Julia Roberts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You and I discussed that uh, previously. That we we love that. You know, it didn't. Well, I'm not going to tell you. All but, right, all right. Um, yeah. Well, well, have we lost Sean completely? We did lose him, and I'll, I'll I'll stall out with this. I've never really been a huge uh, Amy Adams fan, and then oh. I started watching the Sharp Objects, and it really, really won me over to her. And I started to see the magic because I've the the movies that I've seen her in. I know she's done you know, Oscar level stuff, but I normally mm -hmm. end up seeing her as like, you know, the lowest lane to Superman and, and, and more of her popcorn selections, or I've seen her before where she's so overshadowed by, um, Oh, uh, Christian Bale and stuff like that. You know what I mean? So I, I've never really seen, I've never gotten into any of the projects where she's the focal point and man, oh man, mm -hmm. is she good at what she does. She is very good, and I I love her in everything. She's one of my favorites. The movie you were talking about with Christian Bale, what was that, uh, American something? Uh, it was one to be a Goodfellas, but it wasn't nearly as good. Yeah. David O. Russell um, did that after Silver Lines Playbook, and it was a big letdown. But she shined in that. I like a little bit of a dirty girl, Amy Adams, you know, that's got some secrets and some, some grit to her, and that's what she had in that movie. And then it's kind of the same thing with sharp objects i like her when she's when she's like a little dark i love when uh when you really flesh out a character and you, and you have all the right details and i think the fact that she drives one of those old volvos you know what i mean like that yeah. that car in that part of the country that is what sort of the rebellious young hot daughter would drive like that car i, I try to explain it to beth i'm like there's a certain girl they would drive that Volvo in Louisville, Kentucky in the early 90s. And, and I just like I felt like they really just dialed it in on picking that car for her. Yeah. She's always the girl that comes from money. Yep. Has the controlling mother. And like her thing she always says she wants to do is backpack in Europe. Yes. <laughs> That's that girl just that drives wants to that go the Volvo. other way. All right. So we have uh, I picked Casey and Felix over on YouTube. You have Sharp Objects. Sean, what do you have for our debate on the 12, 11, and 10 slot of 2018's Best Media Offerings. I picked an album. Oh, um, very good. By, 
yeah, by, I didn't listen to a huge amount of music this year. Which, Neither did you know, I. I'm sure. Yeah, I was just going to say, I'm sure we're all kind of in the same boat. It's just as you get older, it just gets harder to kind of care about it that much. But I discovered a new band. Well, they're a relatively new band, but they're a band called Idols. They're like a, a kind of a punk band from the UK. And um, it's just a really angry kind of like left wing um, kind of punk pop band and they just seem to have took over the UK at the moment like that UK kind of um, punk kind of guitar scene and it's just yeah I don't know I just really recommend it I think you'd really like it Mark I think it would probably speak to you in a way that like all of your kind of music always you know always has done kind of thing it's funny that that you you picked an album because I looked I looked and I tried to figure out what music I could put in here and the one the one musical artist that I came up with that I could have thrown in the list was Post Malone. But I felt like okay. Post Malone is such a mainstream pick and it's going to be on so many other things because it was such a come out year for him that I decided not to do it. But uh, I had a conversation that I would love for you to have been a part of. I was at a Buffalo Sabres game. My friend Ian came down from Toronto to see me and the, the Violent Gentleman crew. Ian is a guy from England, uh, gu- yeah. guitar player for the Gaslight Anthem. And we fell oh, nice. into the conversation of talking about how great the first three Oasis albums are. And then yeah. we fell into the <laughs> secondary conversation that always comes, the Stone Roses. And what a great band the Stone Roses are and how it just wildly is ignored by a lot of people. Um, And whenever I get into that conversation with somebody, I lose my shit and then it it will dictate the way that I listen to the music for the next 30 days. And I've been on such a kick of listening to Oasis, the first two albums really um, (laughs) over the holidays that it, it just it's music that never ages. It never goes away. It is so fucking good. Those albums. Liam Gallagher oh, put out an album this year. Did any of you listen to it? No, I have a real hate-hate relationship with <laughs> Liam Gallagher these days. But um, I hear that it's good. I've got loads of friends who like um, went to see him and kind of that, that, the whole summer was kind of dictated by Liam Gallagher mm-hmm. in that way. And, um, you know, I had a ticket to go and see him that my friend said, oh, I could have because his wife had given birth. And um, he was like, do you want to come? And I was just like, no, I don't. I don't care how much. I don't care that it's free. I'm not bothered. I don't want to go. Just be- it's He's just a dickhead. He's oh, a dickhead. And Connie, you'll have my back on this. Yeah. Liam Gallagher, best interview on Stern in 2018. Exactly. And that's where I heard that song, <laughs> the, that heart, uh, wall of glass. And yeah. so then I was like, man, okay. I'm going to go look up the album and it's great. And I, okay. I like my bad boy rock and roll guys to be a little shitty. I'm okay with that. Um, so ch- that, that, if I were putting in an album, I might slide that one in there since you mentioned Oasis. Nice. I uh, I hear very good things, you know, he's, he's chosen some good pop writers and I've, yeah, I've heard great things about it. I just, I used to love his like kind of his singing and I don't particularly like it anymore. It's just something that I've kind of grown away from and I can't get past all of that. I'm a Noel Gallagher guy, not a Liam Gallagher guy. So I just, I can't, I can't get past it. But I, if I had a choice, no, no, you're, you're good. Hasn't Noel Gallagher kind of become like the Dave Matthews band of Europe? I guess you could say that to a certain extent. He's really like leaned into his um, into being fifty years old and stuff. But he actually um, he's challenged himself a little bit with this new record. He's kind of um, you know he's brought more synths in there and he's kind of trying to do something a little bit more new. But he's still he's definitely like the the elder statesman yeah, now. Yeah. Like you can put him up there with the Who, and he's you know he's probably hanging around with Paul McCartney as we speak and stuff. So I get that. But 
the music's still good. It's just that he he's still in the same place that he was probably the last few Oasis albums where he was kind of, you know, he's treading familiar ground and just writing kind of like big anthems in the same way that like Coldplay or U2 do now. Like they get big and they don't know how to not write those songs anymore. Right, whereas right. what I want is something quite small. And that's what it seems as though Liam Gallagher's stuff is. It's quite small, like early Oasis stuff. Well, okay. People seem to either, like you said, you're a Noel person. I'm a Liam person. I equate that to being like people are a John Lennon or a Paul McCartney person. Mm. See, I see Liam being the John Lennon mm. for me. And maybe that's why yes. I'm drawn to him. Yeah. A bad person. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. A brilliant bad person, maybe. Uh, I, I yeah. haven't... Are I lost all? faith in Liam after Beady Eyes because Beady Eyes was so bad Ooh, that I yeah. I didn't take much <laughs> stock in his solo album. But my friend Ian said, oh, you got to listen to it. It's really, really good. But that interview that he did on Stern... Uh, Maybe you could find nope. it over on YouTube if you're not a serious satellite subscriber or whatever. But I mean, just the tenacity that he talks shit on and in a time of PC where people say something, they go, but I'm just joking. I'm just kidding. You know, they people say people want to say the first thing that comes to mind, but then they they panic and they backtrack and they put that little disclaimer in there. So if somebody plays back the clip, it's like, oh, I'm just joking. He's my brother. I love him. He never has that flinch he just goes forward he just he says something shitty and moves forward and moves forward i love liam gallagher one of the best rock stars ever mm -hmm. i'm definitely a liam guy fun fact about no gallagher he's the only human that's ever had the same head since he was two years old to 50 years old <laughs> it's so true so it seems as though my choice is oasis from the last 25 years even though i chose a different <laughs> album but that's that's okay we can we can we can choose that i'm i'm fine did you <laughs> yeah Sean, did you watch Sharp Objects on no, I HBO? Didn't. I didn't. I heard amazing things about it. Yeah, I. But I know I. I didn't get a chance to to see it. Unfortunately, it seemed very bleak, and I don't know whether I wanted the bleak. Okay, then I'm gonna have to have you do this. What's better, Idols or Casey Neistat, Felix, YouTube personalities? Um, Idols. Because it's, it's 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 genuinely good, okay. and I think that the Casey Neistat thing is is a bit of an empire built on sand, certainly at the moment. All right, so I'm going to do this. We're going to put sharper objects in at or sharp objects in at ten. We're going to do idols at eleven, and Casey Neistat, uh, Felix, YouTube creators over at twelve. We move forward. We rotate back around. Connie, it's going to be your first chance to go as we figure out what 9, 8, and 7 are for 2018 Top Picks in Media. What do you have next over there? Next, I have Better Call Saul. Woo! I'm glad oh, somebody did. Yes! I didn't. There we go. Me too. Woo! Go on. Woo! <laughs> All right. It's your pick, but I'm going to tell you why it was a great <laughs> season. Yep. The last shot of the season... Oh. where Kim realizes that she has been grifted, that she has been scammed, and she starts to question her entire relationship with Jimmy. That last shot, that look on her face, holy shit, what payoff just for that one shot. I will say this till I currently, we don't know how it's going to end, but currently Better Call Saul has been much better and much more consistent than Breaking Bad. It is a highlight of my tele television year. I, I prefer it so much more to Breaking Bad. I mean, Breaking Bad was great, don't get me wrong, but it was a show that I could sit on and not watch for a while and come around and I could walk away from it and come back. Better Call Saul, when it starts for me, it's 
it's I can't wait. It's on Kim Wexler, one of the best all time female. Uh, I'm gonna maybe even characters, but I'm definitely gonna say female characters ever on television. There's something about her and Jimmy together. I love when they go on their little escapades and their little yeah, uh, you know, fun time scams that they do. The I like I love the one time when she called him and was like, "Get down here," you know, that kind of thing. It's it's like a weird foreplay for them, but it's it's you know it's too it's a little bit of her living vicariously through him and him saying, "I can't believe this." person this this great human likes me and and is okay with me and so they are just perfectly together at those times so good and and really i would say the benchmark the template on how to make a prequel feel so new and so original and not like you're just hashing out something because you know that it's already got a built-in fan base it's undoubtedly the best tv show on at the moment like i'm i haven't chosen it just because i wanted to choose something new yeah and this is like you know season four um but that's just me i you know this is it's one of those things that you almost take for granted because it is so good you just expect it to be so good i you know i had friends being like oh you know it's i just i kind of stopped watching it and it was just like why would you do that you know you're a crazy person and and i know so many people who've seen breaking bad who just have never even watched it just because they don't really want to watch something that's quite slow and considered in that way but yeah my, my dad's just watched all of Breaking Bad and he loves it and I'm just like watch Better Call Saul right now I was like you're gonna be so you're gonna love it so much so I um yeah I I it's better than my tv show so I this will be the the top pick of all of those and I, I can't wait to hear what you've chosen as uh your number two and one what do you after that I know I know what do you have next Sean um I have the the haunting of Hill House Oh wow! The Netflix man. TV show, man. You know, we talked about mentions. It was a tough one to leave yeah. out. So we talked about that. Backtrack. We talked about that when we do our monthly. Like these are things that are coming out, and I didn't put yeah. it in our Halloween episode because it looked too special. So I put it in our October guide, and uh, for whatever reason, it didn't work out for us. We didn't get to it. But that that show to me, if you ask me what was the show that the audience uh, of Comment Below spoke out about the most and suggested that you should see, it would be that show right there. Tell me why it's so good and what I missed out on. Well, I think that um, it's, it's actually, it's really scary at first and it starts out as one thing and it looks beautiful and they take some real risks with like the storytelling and they seem to have a huge budget, but then it kind of it doesn't necessarily become another thing. It was always another thing, but it, and it stops being scary towards the end, but only because you fall in love with all the characters. It's like it starts out as, as um, what's that shit horror TV show? American Horror Story. Called? Yes, it starts yeah. out as that, but then it turns into Friday Night Lights or Parenthood. And you're just like... Mm -hmm. You fall in love with the family, you know, you, you fall in love with the characters in the same way that you talk about with David Simon. And and then it doesn't matter what happens at the end. You still see the scary things, but it's not scary really in that way because it becomes a family drama and you just, I just fell in love with all of the characters and just wanted them all to be okay and was just blown away completely. And people talk about like certain things that happen in it. I'm not going to talk about like specifics because I don't, I think you should see it. I think that there are, there's just things that happen in it that are just absolutely mind blowing certain tricks. I just, it just starts out as one thing and ends as another thing. And it's just beautiful. A beautiful. season two. Um, I would see a season two. I don't see how they can do it without completely changing everything. Okay, like, it I would didn't have know to if, be. 
It has to be know. like an anthology thing, like yeah, okay, um, okay. American Horror Story. Okay, so when you when you go into it, you're going in one and done. Um, Surely. Okay. Well, what I have for this slot, as we're trying to figure out what's nine, eight, and seven, I have this is my uh, I have Ozark season two, um, and I have it because once again it was that feeling of every time I watched one. I didn't want it to be over. And, you know, for me, a big part about TV is pacing. And it was paced perfectly. Connie, do you have this higher on our list? It's higher on my list. Okay. So what I'm going to do then is I'm going to take this away from me because you have it higher. Um, I really loved it. We'll talk about it more then. I'm going to throw in one of my honorable mentions for this. Oh, fuck. I... I I'm watching Narcos Mexico. I haven't seen the last episode yet, so it feels wrong to put it in. So I'm going to call an audible and I'm going to put A Star is Born in. Okay. <laughs> you have that too? No. That no, piece of TV garbage show. is my most hated thing of the year. <laughs> uh, I'm somewhere it, in between the pair of you, by the way. I'm, I'm, I'm the middle. Right in the middle. I think that it was good and it wasn't, it certainly isn't good. Your list is shit, Mark. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> now. Jesus. I've wow. had about, uh, ever since this was announced, the day it was announced, I posted about it on Facebook about how hoped it was going to be good. Not trying to be a hater on it, but with the pairing of fucking Bradley Cooper and Lady Gaga, who cannot act, um, and then you're going to let Cooper sing that it, there was no way that this was going to be good at all. I'm a big fan of the 76 version and I, I watched it and all of my things I thought would be wrong were exactly what was wrong with it and more. <laughs> I think you're taking um, bias into the, into the movie theater <laughs> with you there. <laughs> Just completely. No, it sounds no. as though you, you hate everybody and you love the thing that came before it. You're one of those dickhead <laughs> book readers. Oh, I preferred the book. I didn't like it. Except it it's was a just TV. Not a well, it's just not a well-made film. It, it's not a well-made film. It's um, <coughs> it, it, uh, Shallow being the, the hit song is perfect for it because there's zero character <laughs> development. We don't know a thing about Jackson Maine and why he's such a crusty old alcoholic drunk other than two sentences about, oh, poor me. My dad was was a weirdo and wasn't around. And and my brother, you know, was had a, was it resentful of me. We, I mean, yeah. and I'm kind of making most of that up. We get very little bit of that. Also, I don't buy that the character of Allie who will punch someone in a bar and stand up for him is the pushover that she becomes in the rest of the movie and the, and the doormat for a guy who's done nothing but treat her like shit. Well, I, you know, when you there were certain things way. that I didn't like about it. <laughs> <laughs> there were certain things that I didn't like about it for sure. Like, you know, I, I didn't like how he was, he was a, um, an alcoholic and he had like the perfect abs. Like, like, like yeah. that's impossible. You can't have both of those things. Watch me. Yeah, I Watch me. I'll a do lot it. Of it. <laughs> <laughs> you don't even drink and you have, you are the opposite. 2019, perfect abs. perfect abs and an alcoholic. I will make it happen. Oh. This is the year. For oh, man. New year, new me. Imagine alcoholic bricky. Fucking hell. <laughs> Jesus. Um, yeah, I, I, but I think a lot of it is just because they didn't have enough time to, to kind of, you know, I didn't want to see a three-hour movie. I just think that a lot of it was undeveloped, but I, I enjoyed I think okay, that it was a so well-made movie. you just struck movie. a chord there. You struck a chord there. They didn't have enough time. Do you think the fact that we, the three of us, 
are training ourselves to watch these eight hour, 10 hour, 13 hour TV shows that when you watch a movie, it feels like cliff notes. It feels abbreviated, right? Because it's just a thing, a thing, a thing, a thing. Whereas if you took A Star is Born and you broke up every 10, 15 minutes, that concept, that could be fully flushed out into a better TV show where you care more about the characters. Not an hour and a half movie. I believe it clocks in at two hours and 20 something minutes. Yeah, it's long. Yeah, it's long enough. I'll give you the first 15, first 20, 25. I was in. I was in for this movie then. I was like, this looks good. This is going somewhere. I like this. I, I love the live shots. I love the, the discover, how she gets there. I love uh, the discovery, her coming to the stage. After that, it just started to drag. And, and you had time to tell a developed story, I think, in that amount of time. All right. Yeah, so this no, is why. Oh, go ahead. You can, you take the piss no, out no, of it, I, and then I'll tell you why. No, I you're all good. It. It's fine. We, we've had enough. We've had, we've had enough yeah. beating it up. So it's all yeah. good. It's your number yeah. two. This is why I it. love it. To me, and this is selfish, right? When something strikes a chord in you, and it gives you that feeling. Now, the ending. We all know my story, and I've had a lot of that type of stuff in my life. So that ending, I was a little bit numb to. But when a girl a cute girl that you meet on tour shows up in a different town and she stands on the side of the stage while you're playing. That feeling is one of the best feelings in the world. That feeling is like when they're all singing on the tour bus and almost famous and yeah. being on tour and not fucking a chick AIDS scare hashtag. I'm the real victim of the, of the AIDS crisis <laughs> um, save Mark Bricky. But that night where they hang out, he meets her in a bar. She wasn't even at the show. She doesn't care that he's a rock star. They go to a grocery store. They're sitting in the parking lot. There's no sex. It's just literally the the love of falling in love. That was my life for years. Meet a girl, get this huge crush on her, hang out all night long, show up at 8 a.m. the next day, go to another city and hope that there's another cute girl there to do it all, all over with. Like so much of it, it was customized, like tailor fit to, to me that I fell in love with the best parts of it and I b took a blind eye to the bad parts of it. I just, she's so cute in that movie and I fell in love with her and I, I just it just gave me really good feelings really good feelings even though the woman sitting next to me was the stupidest person I've ever been next to because everything that happened in the movie huh well yeah huh uh, 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 uh. Like literally every like there'd be one line of dialogue uh, I'll have a whiskey sour oh what are you doing drinking a drink like that? Uh-huh. Like, just like, just the fucking idiot had to digest everything with a uh-uh-uh. And I still loved it, even despite my movie watcher sitting next to me. Connie, have you seen all three of these? Yes. Sean, have you seen all three of these? Uh, what was the first one? Better Call Saul. <laughs> was that mine? Oh, yes. Yes. I'm going to need you two to organize these, nine, eight, and seven. I have a good idea. I know it's going to be number nine. Yeah, I mean, I'm definitely nine. I mean, we could bump that up to 18. I mean, what is it? 18? Let's let's call it 25. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, Connie, nine is um, is a star is born somehow. Sure. The ninth best thing of the year. <laughs> Yo, Fucking I, I mental. I gotta disassociate myself with this list now. That's crazy. <laughs> wow, I need a shower. Um, oh, I'm going to just, it's going to get worse from here, guys. Don't worry. I'm going to just really oh, break man. it from here. I would say eight is the haunting of Hill House, and um, seven is is Better Call Saul. What what yeah, would me, you think? 
per- yeah. yeah, me too. I hate that Saul's going to be at seven, but me that's- too. I'm on the outside, do 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 do. I never saw better, cause I'll Breaking Bad was really bad, but Jimmy's good somehow. All right, we now go to our six, five, and four, Mr. Sean David Mort of the Snicket, British's very own light one chromosome. Which one are you going to pick next? Right, okay. Um, this might need some introduction. Have you ever ever heard of a a, a British um, pop group from the 90s called Bros? No, but I love I pop groups. Have you heard of them, Connie? Yes. Okay, that's good. That's a good start, definitely. They were like a shit British um, pop group, like, you know, Take That or The Spice Girls or whatever, um, from the early 90s, maybe even late 80s. <clears throat> and they were really big when I was a kid so I, I knew about them and you know I had friends who really liked them and they toured and they were massive and then they all they disappeared Comple- completely disappeared what's the um, name of them? Off the f- they're called Bros. Bros Bros yeah it was two brothers um, two twin brothers um, one brother was the drummer um, and then the other brother was a singer and then it turns out what happened is um, well I knew that the drummer became an actor like he um, was in quite a few of Guillermo del Toro's early movies. He was like the um, the stunt guy or the, you know, the guy who they cover in makeup yeah. um, in, in a lot of his early movies. And then he hasn't done so many of his later movies, but so that was what he did. And then the singer, he's been in Vegas for the last 20 years. He's been at residency at, okay. at some Vegas hotel. Okay. So they um, they got back together last year and did like a 30 year anniversary tour or something like that. And they filmed it as a documentary and it is undoubtedly, I just, I need to see it. It's like everything, it's called After the Screaming Stops. I don't know whether it's even possible for you to see it. I'll tape it. I'll, I'll physically tape it off my, <laughs> on my phone and and send it to you. Like if if it's, I'd, I'd need you to see it because it just, it's it's like Spinal Tap. You know, it's these two <laughs> oh, I've lived spoiled. Too. Yeah, it's these two spoiled kind of um, pe- British people who just go through life and they've had everything given to them. But then they also, you know, have, also have had heartache and then they've got back together and they've they've announced this huge tour that's all sold out and then it shows them actually physically see each other they've fallen out somehow and they don't get on with each other and it shows them like reunite and and reconcile and it shows them get together and some of the things that they say i'm gonna this isn't a direct quote i'm gonna butcher it i apologize but the singer says he says um i learned um i learned not to be superstitious from stevie wonder after after listening to that song, hmm. is what he said. Hmm. So you know they're very stu- superstitious. <laughs> yeah, and it's things like that. He just says things without irony, and he's like David Brent or Michael Scott. Um, except it's real. It's completely oh, I'm real. In. I'm in. Oh, Mark, I'm in honestly, yeah. I'm in. I love unbelievable. Stuff like this. I love a good documentary. I, yeah, this and this is one of them. They just they're just two completely crazy people, and it's it's very British. There are a lot of things that happen that are just me. Just thinking about it is funny because I just it makes me think of how small it is. But yeah, it's if you get chance, just you know what's unbelievable. Great, what's great about a good documentary? This is where it patches a good hole in your life. Is 
if you're entertained, like if you have family in town, you kind of don't want to go out and you're, you know, you're like, God, these people want to keep going. You want to keep going, but you got to entertain them. You got to put a pacifier in their mouth. A good documentary that you can watch together. Uh, two that I love to throw out is The King of Kong, which is the story yep. of the, the the Donkey Kong, which is fucking phenomenal. Steve Wiebe. Yeah. And um, Billy Mitchell. Billy Mitchell from Hollywood, Florida. And <laughs> yeah, Billy another, one, another one is The Queen of Versailles. Yes. Yeah, I mean, just uh, you watch that with your family, and it's just fascinating to watch with with other people. This after the screaming stop sounds like it could make it on that sort of a list. Yeah, I, I spoke. I I was watching it. I had a, um, it was Chris White from We Three Club put, posted about it on Facebook, and I was like, oh, this you know, this is my this is my world. This this was like perfect for when I was younger. I was like, I'm gonna watch it. So I said to Ruth, I was like, right, okay, Ruth, um, let's sit down and watch this. And, and Ruth was couldn't be less interested so I watched it on my own she was like I don't care I don't care and then since then this was only like two weeks ago I haven't talked about anything since I've got every single friend that I know to watch it because it's on like it's on the iPlayer like the BBC it's on for free like streaming and stuff and it's just it's taken over my life and now Ruth's interested I'm like oh you're interested now are you that's that's uh, that's very cool but oh man sounds like Connie and I have two things to do today one get a VPN (laughs) two watch after the screaming stops (laughs) We'll find a way. My next pick is, uh, it was a movie that, it's my last movie uh, of of the show. It was a movie that it got me right out of the gate. The score was done by... Trent Reznor, who scores movies beautifully, it and it was made by somebody that I absolutely just, I'm not a fan of at all. But mid-90s, it just, it's a movie for me. And Beth and I watched it over the holiday break, and... It just, it's not right for everybody, but God damn, it's perfect for me. I love mid nineties. I lived it. I was there. It is a perfect reflection of the time. And, uh, it, it just, it makes me cry over the weirdest things over the weirdest things. It makes me cry. I love it so much. You hate it, Sean. You hate my list. I haven't seen it. I just love that you're just a a heart in a nostalgia box watching movies. <laughs> totally, like, you're not even a, you're not even a person. You're no, just no. Like, it's it's amazing. It's just I haven't seen it. I've heard that it's absolute garbage. Um, it sounds <laughs> like. Um, it sounds really good. Like I saw the trailer and I was really into it and I love the idea of it. I really didn't like uh, Jonah Hill's promotional tour. He sounded like the biggest kiss ass ever. He was he just like being really... Ass. That's why I hate him. Yeah, but yeah. I think that I've seen him not be like that. I've seen him be Pause. a dick and I like that. And now he was so precious. And we talked about this before and I just, I think he needs to just fucking grow up. Connie, would you not a agree with bit. me that when Jonah Hill comes on Stern, it is the worst interview ever and he will go whichever way the wind blows? Okay. They're horrible interviews. I, I don't like. Uh, I don't think that I would like Jonah Hill the person. I generally like all of his performances, though. I have not seen mid nineties, but I have it in my home, and I plan on watching it. Um, but I have watched Get Him to the Greek three times in the past two weeks. <laughs> so, oh wow, that's a garbage movie. What is wrong oh, no. with you? No, it's it's a it's a classic. Get Him to the Greek is a classic. Connie, what do you nope. have for us as your second best? Absolutely not. <laughs> I have something so close to my heart that it killed me to put it at number two. Get to the Greek. <laughs> <laughs> the Americans. Oh, oh, Connie. Connie, have you ever seen a U2 song used better than the final episode? No. I mean, I just not. every time now I hear with or without you, 
it takes me to that scene and the heartbreak surrounded by that scene. We say the Americans and Sean just leaves the room. He's like, fuck that. These two Americans, <laughs> fuck them. Um, you know, the Americans was, it was a, when it was really good, it was great and better than most things. But I, you know, I'm a big fan of pacing. And I said that Ozark was, oh, I figured out your number one. Uh, Ozark for me, <laughs> the pacing on it was perfect. The Americans sometimes it would just go a little bit too slow. And would you debate me on this one? Making it to the entire end, you know, on the wire, everything always had a purpose. Mm -hmm. I feel like the American took us down some roads that really never had a payoff and that were maybe not purposeful. I think it did have some, some paths that kind of went out and we didn't finish them, but overall for me, this is a show that is about marriage and friendships Yeah, and marriage being the main thing that it's about. It's just told through this odd spy family and the people that surround them. So, the pacing doesn't bother me because that's how I look at this show. It isn't all super fast, furious, wham, bam. You know, it's got a lot of sh mundane stuff that happens in it, but the performances carried those through for me and it kept it going. And somehow they had an endless supply of bullshit early 80s vehicles. I've never seen so many K cars in anything in my entire life. In pristine shape. <laughs> yeah. Pristine who shape. Owned, who's like, oh, I'm going to keep this weird Buick Skylark in my garage and never take, like, did they just go <laughs> up and down the East Coast and buy every grandma car? Like, somebody died. Let's go see what kind of car they owned. Sean, did you watch The Americans? I saw the first two seasons and I really enjoyed it. It just, it was one of those that it fell by the wayside somehow. And I hear that, you know, I, I, everyone that I know says great things about it constantly. I just, for some reason I stopped and I, I need to start again. I think it's probably, oh, she's here now. So she might be able to hear me, but Ruth's a bit of a stupid person. And <laughs> she's not really into that kind of thing. It's like a kind of a little bit much for her. Like, you know, the, the kind of the cold war, I, she, I don't think she would really know what it is. And so that kind of stops a lot of things that we watch. If it, it has to be like, you know, it has to be in the shallows, as we would have said before. Like it has to be that there's, the, you know, it, it, if it goes past a certain way, it, it doesn't work for her. And that, and that was one of those, I think. And I sound really bad because she's amazing. But yeah, she's not. Mm, yeah. Okay. How do we vote I, this out? I'll, I'll stop. Yeah, I want to cut you off. How do we stop here? Thank you. <laughs> we have after the screaming stops. Only Sean has watched mid nineties. Yeah. Only I have watched the Americans. Connie and I have both seen in completion. I mean, I think that it because I've got two out of the three. I think it puts me in the driver's seat here. Um, Sean, after the screaming stops, like, I, how do I rate this? Is it a six or is it a four? There's, there's no way that it isn't better than Midnight is. I'll say that straight away. <laughs> there's no way. There's no world in which in which Midnight is, is better than it. All right, I'll but, give it a four. But no, I would say The Americans is probably, you know, I would go for The Americans as number three. All right, go so for that. As the no, weakest number four. One. Americans, four. Right. Bros, five, and uh, Midnight is six. All right, there we go. Thank you for helping me through that. Okay, this leads us to our top picks my pick people can already guess what connie's is my pick is is wacky it's really really wacky but hey that's what i've done this whole list all right 
I, I, I thought about this. I thought about what is something that I've consumed all year long and I'm excited to watch it. Every time it cops up, I'm like, whoo, time to stop what I'm doing and to watch this. And Sean, get ready to hate me. But my number one, and I believe this was my number one or number two last year when Connie and I did this, it's MSNBC. Every day I watch uh, Deadline White House with Nicole Wallace, and I end my day watching The 11th Hour with Brian Williams. Um, I have, in order to cope with the Trump thing and the politics in America, I've learned to watch it as if it is a TV show. I've learned, I put all the time into knowing all the different characters, both involved in the Trump atmosphere and also all the different pundits that talk about it on TV. And I'm telling you, once you get into the mindset that it's like wrestling or, or a play that is existing in real time, I just can't wait to watch these shows every day. And both of NBC's shows are also available as podcasts. So if I'm not at my desk, and I can't watch it while I'm working, then it'll become a podcast. And the moment that these become available to me, like when I was in Mexico and I had to watch everything on a delay, the moment that these shows are available on my iPhone or on my iPad, I get a spring in my step, Connie. I'm so excited to watch and get that little packet of what's today's news? How does this move the story along? What are the unknown variables? Where does it all go from here? Like, I just absolutely love it. And it's bizarre because I've never been a news junkie and I've never been a political junkie, but this story is so rich and it keeps just evolving and happening. And over the holidays, all the tweets that went out, there is somebody who is literally losing their shit and they're just sitting in the White House by themselves over the holidays, tweeting on social media, just begging for somebody to pay attention. It, The movies, the content that all this is going to create is going to just be fascinating and I'm loving watching it in real time. I remember you doing this last year. I wondered if it was still your favorite thing. Um, I know that I guess I should have known it would be because of your uh, pro wrestling uh, reality <laughs> fascination. I love it. This is the perfect thing for you with that. I don't watch, I, I try to avoid unless there's some th big thing going on. Like I did watch all of the uh, Kavanaugh hearings and um, anytime there's, you know, something major pops up, I try to watch it, but it's just so much coming at us every day that I, I am more into my scripted shows. And if I want to get out of scripted shows, I go into things like Making a Murderer and The Innocent Man and things like that on Netflix. Um, a little bit of a docu-series kind of stuff. But I'm going to make a recommendation to you from my honorable mentions because you love this Trump stuff so much. There's a show. It's on CBS All Access. You have to you have to be on there to get it, but they'll probably put it somewhere else where you can find it. Um, it's called The Good Fight. And it is a sort of, in quotation marks, spinoff from um, The Good Wife that has oh, been on for like forever. Yeah. It's got Christine Baranski in it and the girl who is the wilding girl uh, from Game of Thrones. Um, whatever her, I can't remember her name. Red hair. Red hair, yeah, skin. fair skin. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah they're on there and it's a spinoff of that and it's uh, based in Chicago and it's law offices. Mm. And what this program has done is it began, the very first scene we have is Christine Baranski watching the election results. Mm. And... It, then they go, every episode's number is based on the day that it aired in the Trump presidency, like episode 101 is really? day 101 of the Trump presidency or 
you know, 200, whatever. Um, and they are doing like, you know, that ripped from the headlines kind of shows like SVU yeah, and those things. Yeah. What they're doing is they do these in stories um, where they veil something that's happening in the real world in a, in a dramatic um, fictionalized the good world. Fight. But we, yeah, but we do live in the Trump world in it. So like things like they, they almost get, they get put into a pool of possible firms to be hired if there was to be an impeachment, you know, things like that. So Interesting. we're getting different storylines. So it's a fictional story, but it's ripped from the headlines. So there's like a real narrative that happened on Trump's 182nd day in office and they build a side yeah. story around that. Yes. Fascinating. Yeah. Fascinating. Yeah. How clever. It, it, it gets got Delroy Lindo, who is always good and just about everything. Uh, the cast is stellar, even though it's a lot of people that you don't aren't like huge names, but that's a one that you would have to have a subscription to watch. But I, I would recommend it to anyone who likes, you know, I hate to almost recommend a network show, but I think the reason that it's on their subscription only and not on the regular channel, they couldn't get away with this stuff. No, they couldn't get away with saying fuck Trump yeah. and talk about the P tape and this kind of stuff. On the regular channel. Also, C but CBS is, you know, that that's the game of trying to make as many people as happy as possible. Just the minute, you know, ironically, when you and I did our Ozark episode where we went into every episode and we talked about it, we got a comment over the holidays on, on the YouTube version of it. Somebody's like, you lost me as soon as you guys started talking about politics. But it's like, yeah. dude, like politics is a real thing that happens and it inspires media all the time like you know all these writers go home and they look at what's happening in the real world and they try to write something that is a mirror or a reflection to that you know friday night lights and the way that it captured the meltdown of the economy was masterfully right. handled it's like they're trying to write something that resonates with people and relates to people and create that bond so you know it, it must be nice to be able to ignore the politics and act like it doesn't bother you because it, it does it bothers all of us Right. And the reason that I, I'm kind of championing this show is because they have the balls to not just do like the SUV or a CSI or NCIS and steal the the meat of the content. Right. But then not give us that full reveal that it is, you know, with what it's the times. Right. So they we you know, it does take you but a second to figure out which Trump crisis they're dealing with right. um, through their other characters that they have. I just got a text message from Sean that he is struggling to get back online. So it, it, it we have a little bit of time for him to find his way back to us. So my number, my last pick is, is MSNBC. I love those two shows. I love the way they break it down. Connie, your last pick, your number one pick of 2018 is? Ozark. Ozark. Season two. You know, we did a whole episode about this. You can go back and listen to us talk about Ozark for, I believe, over two hours because it was that dense. Um, my mother-in-law, Mary Jo, lover, I supply her with a list of TV shows to watch. Mm -hmm. And our text message thread right now is like, I got her watching Friday Night Lights. She did oh boy. the entire first season, I think, in like four or five days while she was babysitting my nephew. Um well, she watched Ozark and she was like, I'm so glad you recommended that to me. I never would have watched it. I watched one season a week and then I watched the next season. That's that season two, though, that, that the sophomore slump is real in music. It's real in TV. But man, oh, man, that show found its voice, got someplace so fast that I wonder what could the season three possibly be like? There's enough loose threads. But man, oh, man, that's one of the yeah. greatest seasons of TV I ever watched. Season two leveled up 
it didn't, did. It didn't get a slump. It took everything that it built us up to in one and said, all right, we're just going to kick it up. We're going to make no mistakes, no problems with pacing, no problems with character development. We don't have any extra characters that we don't need. Um, and it was on my list and Stacy knew that it was going to be number one. I said, it's not leaving. There's nothing that's going to take it off of there. And, and she was like, why? And even though she loves it, she's like, give me your reasons. And I was like, it's, I can't find a problem with it. Yeah. I can't find anything to complain about. And I said, the, the character of Wendy Bird, for me, I want to see what she does. I wouldn't mind if, if even, um, oh, Jason Bateman, I'm, my age Marty is showing Bird. up. I can't remember. Yeah, Martin. I, can't, I wouldn't mind if Martin took the back seat to her and she took the head of the family yeah. business, you know, whatever that happens to turn into. I wouldn't mind seeing that uh, pop up. Yeah, Ozark season two, fantastic number one pick from you. What a great show. And, you know, when I made my list of six, I did two odd picks, two TV shows, two movies. I uh, couldn't find really room for music. And I picked everything off of emotion, right? And I didn't put Ozark... Well, I had Ozark on my list, um, and and the reason why I made it for me is was just the genuine excitement of every time I hit play on it. I was so excited to be there. I didn't pick up my phone, and each one ended me being like, "Holy shit! Can I really wait till tomorrow to watch the next one?" Just the level of excitement watching that was through the roof. Sean, do you watch Ozark? And now his microphone's not working. Uh, Team USA. I, I'm here. I'm here. There he is. I'm here. There I turned he it off because I didn't know whether you, because you just picked me up swearing all the time, even though you couldn't see me. <laughs> so I just thought, oh, I need to turn it off. Yes. I, I saw the first season. I really enjoyed it. Um, didn't see the second season, but I, after hearing you guys talk about it now, I'm going to watch it straight away. I'd make it the, the next thing on your queue. Just like after the screaming stops is the next thing on mine. All right. So my, okay. I don't know if you heard this or not, but my number one pick yeah, I'm ready to laugh. It was it? MSNBC because every day oh, I cannot okay. watch my new shows. Like I love them. My life stops for them. I won't go on about it because everybody else just heard me say it. But my number one yeah. pick was my MSNBC shows. Like I absolutely like I finish every day watching Brian Williams. Whenever Nicole Wallace comes on, like, it just makes me so excited to watch them. What was the most exciting thing that you watched in 2018? Right. Okay. I think some people are going to agree with me on this, but it's quite... God, I feel like such a, a bit of a nerd for saying it. Um, it's Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. What a great movie, Sean. My God, how good is that fucking movie? I can't believe you've seen it. I didn't movie. think you were into the cartoons. What? I mean, oh, first off, Connie, this, yeah. this cartoon, animated film, runs an hour 50. And yeah. they put such a slight detail in it to keep up with an hour 50 worth of drawings is insane, but because it's inspired from the comic world, not only are there half tones in it, Connie, mm. that move around and become the shadows, like the half tones are very interactive, but at times it's off registration. Yes, it's, it's off registration. Blurred. It looks like you're watching a 3D movie, but without any glasses on. It's actually quite, it hurts your eyes at times. Fucking hell. I, thought I don't know what they've done. The kids at my what? local AMC, they're real irresponsible, the workers over there. I'm like, these motherfuckers are playing the 3D one and they didn't give us the goddamn <laughs> glasses. Because that's happened to me before yeah. over there. Oh, man. It's so it God. Is, I I, where, where to start? It's an unbelievable achievement in filmmaking. The way that it all comes together, the pacing, it's fast. It's great. Um, they, they just 
you love Spider Gwen, uh, Gwen yeah. Stacy, you know, the, just the, it just it really was a movie that had a little something for everybody. It was really, really good. This puts me in the position of, I've seen all three of these. I get to pick our three, two, and one. I've not even talked about it. I've not even said anything about it. I told You're you what my favorite time, thing was. And Mr. then you Internet talked about it. I don't fucking give a shit about time. I want to talk about it. All right. I want You're to talk one, about You're my the one who's got to give a bath to a little fucking creepy kid, so go ahead. Fuck you. You Pedophile. can wait. You know, anybody can wait for Spider-Man. It's all good. Um, I... What what I will say, this is it. I won't I won't go into massive detail, but it does for Spider Man what um The Last Jedi did for Star Wars. I have the same feeling towards it. It's like it, it basically it's anybody can be Spider Man and mm. any it's so inspirational to watch and that's what I that's why I don't understand people hating The Last Jedi so much is because it opened up the world and it made it feel personal and and I've never really felt that way about about Spider-Man before. I've always liked him, but I've never felt that way. And now I feel that way. And it's just like, it's not a kid's film because it, obviously it's a cartoon, but it, and it's made on so many depths, but it's, it's, it's strange to me to think that that was my favorite movie or favorite thing of the whole year, but it just was. I just, I, I got so much joy from watching it. I cried loads of times watching it. I just, it, it was everything, absolutely everything for me. And like you say, the fact that it was, you know, less than two hours long and just this cartoon. I just, I just can't believe it. I just loved it. Anyway, go on, carry on, do your, do your thing. But mine was number one, better than them. Connie? <laughs> uh, I haven't seen it. We haven't been going to the movies very much since the demise of Movie Pass. Um, but do you have AMC I, where you live? Um, no, we're like Regals, but we got oh. AMC in Nashville. Because the AMC yeah. has a really great thing where $19 a month, you get to see any three movies a week that you want to see. That's how I see so many movies on a budget. Now, we'd have to go to Nashville, and that's a 45-minute drive that. to do that. But, but you um, can go past a Krispy Kreme! <laughs> but <laughs> I'd be interested in seeing this, but I don't know if I could get Stacy to go, but Tanner would definitely go with me. Uh, he's up on all of the same stuff you guys are as far as the Marvel stuff and you know, um, cartoon stuff and Star Wars stuff. So I could probably do that. I do want to see it based on the visuals that you just described. To yes. It, it is uh, real groundbreaking when it comes to the art of how it was made. All right. I have seen all three of these. It is up to me, your fearless leader, to pick your three, two, and one. I, I, I'm going to tell you guys right now, I'm really proud of this 2018 best of list. I mean, as far as various types of media and being a guy that's not just the same old, same olds, like there's probably... And out of these 18 things, and me included, there's something on here that everybody hasn't seen who's listening and something for you to grab onto that comes from a recommended source. All right. Number three, that's easy. Me and my odd pick for my new shows, politics aren't for everyone, <laughs> but I'm telling you, if you can just get into following the politics and treat it like it's a play, it is one of the greatest stories that's ever been written. And guess what? They write a little bit more every single day shout out to you nicole wallace and brian williams i absolutely love you brian williams you're the smoothest <laughs> man in broadcasting and when you say it like that it does make you quite worried all right number two ozark number two i put it in <laughs> at number two spider-man into the spider-verse it's number one because it captures 2018 it's groundbreaking it's flashy it, 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 it full of technology but it also it set the tone on the new world, like the kids that go see movies today, whether you're black, female, white, whatever the fuck you are, uh, Asian girl with pet robot no, or a pig, or no matter what you are, 
cinema is doing a good job of programming children that you can be anything you want to be in the future. And I'm so excited to see what this new adult's going to look like that's being raised through all these Marvel movies, the Star Wars movies, this Into the Spider-Verse. I think as far as a piece of media that encapsulates what 2018 was all about, it's a great pick to have at number one. I think it's only fair that you chose mine because Mark's list set it on fire, set it on fire right now. Connie <laughs> seems to just sit in front of a TV all day long. So she can't think of anything could, else. I didn't know I could pick other stuff. So I'll have to Oh, pay sorry, Connie. I didn't time. know you were listening. I thought you were watching TV. Sorry, yeah. I, I, I forgot. Um, I'm already so, on next year's list. I've time traveled. So. <laughs> yeah, we know it. Luther. I watched Luther last night. So um, I'm ready for it. I'm all over it. So let's do it. Have you got Luther yet? Uh, no. Not the newest season. season. Five. Not the newest season. I love Ooh. Luther, though. I love, I love his jacket. Yeah, it started last night um, in the UK, so I'm, you'll get it soon, I'm sure. But yeah, it was good. So, yeah. Well, great, there you go. Great work, guys. There's our top 18 pieces of media that we watched in 2018. Uh, apparently, my list was garbage, but I am just oh, a an emotional so an emotional box consuming media looking for anything that like basically all of my favorite things uh just remind me of me so the narcissism as it is complete <laughs> level 10 uh i'm a i'm a expert level of narcissist and i wouldn't have it any other way that's how i've built my empire connie collinsworth from the american snicket thank you so much for joining us today Thank you. I have uh, enjoyed this. Uh, I enjoyed my list and Sean's list. And uh, <laughs> just, kidding. <laughs> just kidding. Thanks a lot. Connie, you and your vagina will always be gold star in my heart. Sean Mort from The Real Snicket. Tethering from an iPhone 3G is what is happening right now. <laughs> is that how you're that online right now? <laughs> Absolutely. Look how good it is, though. It's so much better than the Wi-Fi. This is the best oh, connection mate. you've had all day, and it's from an iPhone. You know tethering. Tethering it right now. <laughs> Fucking oh, my God. That's crazy. I know. Uh, yeah, well, this is this is the future right now. I'm going to be doing it every time because it's fucking, it's gone crazy. So, yeah. All right, let's, well, get, good. Uh, let's get Sean a CB radio and see if he can come in clearer <laughs> next time with that. Come on over, good buddy. All right, everybody. Thank you so much for listening to the first comment below of 2018, where we reviewed our favorite media of the previous year. Uh, comment below started last year, so you can go over in the AID.network and cruise over any episode that you might want to check out where Sean and I did deep dives on, on different movies. Uh, and each month, Connie and I always give you a nice layout of things that you should watch just put it over in your phone and uh, use it as a guide on what's good to watch there's so much shit out there we watch all the bad stuff so that you can watch only the good stuff let's get into bonus content for the members of the circle of trust but if you're not a member of the aid network we will see you next week and until then we hope that you watch something great <laughs> <laughs>